Today is Monday, August 2nd, 2021. On this day in 2018, 47-year-old Sami Yilmaz was murdered by Turkish serial killer Hamdi Kayapinar. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this case, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of murder that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today, we'll discuss the final murder committed by Hamdi Kayapinar. Let's go back to August 2nd, 2018, on a hot summer night in Kayseri, Turkey. Sami Yilmaz, a retired specialist sergeant, vigilantly patrolled the private villa of his latest client, a wealthy businessman. But as he made his rounds, he was also being watched. A man with a hunting rifle hid nearby, silently observing Yilmaz. He bided his time as the security guard walked the perimeter, waiting patiently until there was no one else around. When the time had come, the man leaned out from the shadows and squeezed the trigger. Yilmaz dropped to the ground, dead. The gunman ran to his body and rifled through his pockets. He stole money and any other valuables he could find, including Yilmaz's gun. After concealing the weapons, the assailant hopped onto a bright red bicycle and fled the scene. During the subsequent investigation, authorities watched almost 1,000 hours of surveillance footage. Since the killer's face was covered by a ski mask, they didn't have much hope of identifying him. That is, until the video showed the assassin riding his red bike. The image gave them chills. In the past, there was an active serial killer in the area, known for traveling on a similar red bike. Known as the Canal Monster, the murderer had already been caught and convicted. But he'd been released from prison just a year earlier. While it seemed unlikely that an ex-con who'd already served his time would take such a risk, this particular killer was undoubtedly reckless. The Canal Monster murders started just a few months after the culprit finished serving time for killing his younger sibling. Police immediately went to the home of 39-year-old Hamdi Kayapinar to investigate. To make sure they were ready for anything, they called in elite units from special operations and the gendarmerie to assist. When the agents raided Kayapinar's home, they found the gun that belonged to the slain security guard, as well as a ski mask and gloves. They also discovered an assortment of other stolen guns and 83 shotgun cartridges. It seemed Kayapinar planned to strike yet again. After the officers arrested the killer, he quickly confessed, admitting that he'd killed Yilmaz simply because he'd coveted the guard's gun. 
The assassin, after being cleared of mental illness, was given an aggravated life sentence for the premeditated murder and robbery. It was a terrifying end to a chilling career. Coming up, we'll hear the strange history of Kayapinar's rampage. Imagine living with a secret so big that if anyone ever found out, it would change everything. Imagine carrying that secret with you every day, desperate to one day get it off your chest. Do you think you could take a secret like that to the grave? I'm Estefania Hageman, host of the new podcast series, Deathbed Confessions, the show where we dive deep into the most explosive things people have admitted to while drawing their last breath. From murder, fake identities, heists, illicit affairs, and even top government secrets. This season on Deathbed Confessions, we investigate cases like Frank Thorogood, the construction worker who claimed that the drowning of Rolling Stones founder Brian Jones was no accident. Margaret Gibson, a silent film actress who, while dying of a heart attack, confessed to one of the most famous unsolved crimes in Hollywood history. And ex-CIA officer Howard Hunt, who on his deathbed confessed to playing a role in the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Deathbed Confessions is a Spotify original from Parcast, airing episodes weekly starting July 21st. Follow and listen to Deathbed Confessions for free on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Now back to the story. On August 2nd, 2018, Hamdi Kayapinar killed security guard Sami Yilmaz. He was quickly caught and sent to prison, but it wasn't his first time. Kayapinar had murdered at least seven people before Yilmaz. Kayapinar killed for the first time when he was just 14 years old, strangling his own younger sibling to death with a rope. Reportedly, he committed the murder out of jealousy that his parents loved his sibling more. Normally in Turkey, a convicted murderer would receive a life sentence in prison, but according to an Istanbul-based publication, the Daily Sabah, a combination of legal loopholes and lax laws spared Kayapinar this maximum sentence. Instead, he served just four years in an Ankara prison and then was given a conditional release in 1998. It only took him a few months to start killing again. Kayapinar stalked the Kayseri canals, shooting at seemingly random victims. On March 30, 1998, he started his spree by shooting down a 46-year-old man and stealing his money and his watch. The body was later found in the canal. After that, Kayapinar didn't attempt any other murders for about a year. Eventually, he ventured out again and shot at a man near the canal. The wound wasn't fatal. When Kayapinar saw that he hadn't killed his victim, he fled the scene. A similar incident occurred three days later. The locals were terrified. It was apparent that someone was stalking their neighborhood, trying to pick off victims like a hunter stalking deer. 
It was only a week later that Kyapinar, who by this time had been nicknamed the Canal Monster, struck again. This time, he succeeded in killing his target. People who lived by the canal stayed inside as much as possible, not even venturing out during the daytime. Few dared go near the water, but Kayapinar was persistent. His next victim was a member of law enforcement. Thankfully, the officer survived and was able to see his attacker as he fled. His testimony provided the first lead in the Canal Monster investigation. A description of the shooter was circulated among the police and extra patrols prowled the area. Authorities also asked for help from experts more experienced in tracking serial killers. After consulting with the head of the criminal law department at North Texas University, investigators narrowed their list of suspects. Kayapinar was one of them. He was questioned about shooting the police officer before being released due to lack of hard evidence. Law enforcement had their suspicions, but they weren't able to pin anything on him yet. Then, strangely, the attacks seemed to stop as suddenly as they began. Almost two years went by with no reports of bizarre shootings. It would later become clear that this break coincided with Kayapinar's obligatory military service. But by the end of the year 2000, another man was found robbed and murdered by the canal. Just a month later, another man was shot, though the wound wasn't fatal. Just like before, if his victim didn't go down after the first shot, Kayapinar left the scene without shooting again. But as if a fire had been lit under him, the killer came back with a vengeance a few days later. This time, three men were murdered and robbed by the canal on the same night. For the first time, authorities managed to recover a shell casing left behind at the scene. The growing evidence led police to zero in on Kayapinar. They planned a surprise raid at his home, but the killer was able to escape for the moment. The walls were closing in. Investigators found a pair of pants soaked in blood at Kayapinar's house and were able to match it to one of the victims. They were finally certain that Kayapinar was the killer they'd been searching for. The very next day, Kayapinar crawled out of hiding and turned himself in at the police station. All told, the killer murdered six men chosen randomly over a three-year period. He also wounded four other people, including two law enforcement officers. Kayapinar told authorities that he didn't regret any of the murders he committed. He said he killed because he hated society. He complained that after he murdered his younger sibling, he was treated poorly and shunned by his family. The rejection made it impossible to get work. Kayapinar felt isolated, like an outcast. He wanted revenge and believed that killing and robbing could be his profession. He called himself the hunter and referred to his victims as his prey. He counted the money and other valuables he stole as his bounty or his spoils. For his crimes, he was sentenced to spend the rest of his life in prison. Yet somehow, in February of 2017, Kayapinar was once again given a conditional release. He had served 16 years of his life sentence, which was the minimum amount of time to be eligible for parole. 
It was less than a year later that he took Sami Yilmaz's life, merely because he wanted the gun the other man was carrying. Kayapinar is yet again behind bars, serving a life sentence. With his history, it's unlikely he'll see the outside of his cell ever again. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Cheyenne Lopez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 